Welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the embarrassing films they'd rather forget. I am your host, Michelle, the giant bee looming in your window. And I'm Henry, the ruby the size of a tangerine. <laughs> Mashed to Wayne. This was a bad movie. <laughs> We're talking about Michael Caine. We are indeed. Uh, oh, lovely Michael Caine. What a treat. A fun, fun trick for my, talking about Michael Caine is if you talk about like your cocaine in possessive, Yep. then you're just saying Michael Caine like Michael Caine says his name. Oh, man. He's got such an interesting way of talking. Do you know where is he from in uh, in the UK? Oh, uh, Upper Bl- Blandonshire. Okay. Uh, the uh, Bimble, the Bimble Patch neighborhood of, <laughs> of of Lower London Brook. Uh, he, I think it's like a quintessential Cockney accent, but like a little bit more refined, like a polished Cockney. Okay. Yeah, like a sort of post My Fair Lady, like Eliza Doolittle, but like being brought out onto the town. So it's yeah. like less move your blooming off and more like. <laughs> Like an 80% of the way there, Eliza Doolittle. Exactly. Yeah, almost there. <laughs> yeah. Eliza Duel. Eliza Duel, if you will. Yeah. Man, I do love Michael Caine. Dude's got a lot of Oscar noms under his belt. Didn't know that until I looked into it. He had six Oscar noms and he won twice. What so he won, he won for uh, Cider House Rules. And Hannah and, and what else? Sisters. Oh. Best Supporting Actor two times. Uh, once huh. whenever Hannah and her sisters came out. That was like late 70s, right? And then... I think early 80s. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, in that zone. And then uh, Cider House Rules in the early aughts. Yeah. Um, great, great dude. Very charming. Just a body of work, though. Like, so many things. And such Runs a spectrum. The yeah. The, the It was truly difficult to choose a bad movie from his... His oeuvre, uh, yes. because there's fucking so many of them. Like so the ones many. we chose not to do may need bonus episodes because there's so many stinkers oh, from throughout his career, not just early career. Mike O'Kane, like late. I mean, fucking last year, I think there was one. He is a working actor. That guy is is Sam Jacksoning a little bit. He's just mm-hmm. like putting himself as a supporting role generally in a lot of movies. Once in a while, he gets the lead role. And mm-hmm. then you get this spicy adventure that we're about to take you on. But, yeah, he's just got so... And I have to say, like, watching this particular movie, I didn't think he was bad in it. It was no. just bad. Yeah, no, I, there's... You know, sometimes uh, you see good actors really shit the bed, and he didn't quite deliver that terrible of a performance. He was just sort of a standard Michael Caine. Yeah, like, he could have... His character could have been played by anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad it was him. I'm really it happy made it was him. Something watchable. Uh, I also, I mean, I, I like that basically any age of Michael Caine, you can like just be plopped down, and he will basically be the same person. Yes. It's not like Al Pacino, where you have like oh, early yeah. career Al Pacino and late career <laughs> Al Pacino, and they're physically and yeah. sonically unrecognizable. Michael Caine has just slightly grayed over time. Yeah, he's just grayed and weathered as Englishmen do, but he's mm-hmm. he's essentially delivering. He's got the same dry wit and the same like cute little smile where 
it's almost a straight line, but just the ends of his mouth turn up, just ever so right. slightly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a smirker. He, this is like the for sure the most times I've ever heard him yell yes. as an actor. Yeah, he's There's a, a lot of Michael Caine for, screaming. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I should we should we talk about what we watched? No, I don't think so. Nah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I just want to say, I just want to yell the word bees as many times mm-hmm, as possible mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that was one of the highlights before we even talk about the plot. Uh, hearing someone yell, oh, no, the bees, just oh, no, the bees. ad nauseum made me extremely happy. Within within the first couple minutes, the phrase bees, bees, millions of bees. <laughs> How good was that helicopter crash? So good. The multiple helicopter crashes the and brought down, I think, by just bees on the windshield. So yeah. Yeah. we're obviously talking about the swarm. Oh, uh, we are. 1974? 1978. Yeah. Uh, made by, was it Irving Allen or it something like a, that? I think you nailed it. It is, Ir- yeah, Irwin Allen. Erwin Allen, who is, like, clearly a pre-Michael Bay. He's, like, made a oh, yeah. bunch of movies like this that are just complete, massive train wrecks, but starring a ton of really good actors and, a like, an uh, indefensible number of meaningless explosions and character deaths. Oh, man, like, that seems so like that many. defines his stuff. Yeah, and I guess, so apparently... Um, this film was like one of three that Irwin Allen did, and I forget what the other two are. They had long, weird titles, but a bunch of 70s like disaster horror, and they all did so badly, mainly this one, that people said for a while that he destroyed the genre single handedly, <laughs> which so is awesome. so hard to do in that genre. Like, if it's a disaster horror movie and you're the worst at it, you're a little bit the worst. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I think that, it's a badge of honor. Oh, yeah. I mean, that being said, this movie had had some chops. It had some potential. It was long in the tooth. I would say <laughs> extremely long. And it, the buck teeth just kept on going because this movie is two hours and 36 minutes, like a real punishing length for a yeah. B movie. Mm-hmm. For, uh, uh, eh. Both. Yeah. Uh, it's, and like, when I first started the movie, I was wondering, because I saw 147 minutes and immediately regretted it. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, well, I mean, maybe there's something to this. There's many acts to this movie or something. And and they found a way to make this movie long in every possible way. So without, many characters. Without telling additional story. Right. You introduce new characters, have full story arcs, kill them suddenly, Definitely and then move on to new them. characters and have full story arcs. And the, But also the scenes are so long. Yeah. The opening scene of the dudes in hazmat suits <laughs> was like 15 minutes long without dialogue of them just walking down, like taking elevators down Ugh. and walking down hallways. And then this endless tracking shot of Humvees driving to this Air Force base. You know you're in for a long ride when you're watching people walk in real time through a military base <laughs> and there are no cuts. I mean, there are cuts in terms of like different camera angles, but you are going to continue the track of movement through the entirety of the hallway system. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it's, that's how the movie goes. It's shocking to be able to make a, an action horror movie that is simultaneously boring and like outlandishly laughably grotesque. Yeah. And 
it and it, it it threads that needle i wouldn't say well but it it does it's it's a very 70s thing to have like a a high aspiration to do a big sensational disaster movie with a ton of stunts a ton of explosions and yet still bore the hell out of your audience because mm-hmm. your pacing is so relentlessly slow mm-hmm. yeah i i have a question for you yes did you find yourself by say the early hour two rooting for the bees just to end the movie I was rooting for the bees, big time rooting for the bees, rooting for yeah. the bees for all kinds of reasons. I was rooting for the big bee to be an actual real bee, <laughs> the, because the wouldn't that bee? have been a fun twist if that wasn't yep. a hallucination? I was rooting for the bees to like, I was rooting for the bees in the movie, and I was also rooting for the real life bees that were in this movie, because it seemed like they were probably getting killed off willy nilly with the kinds of like slapping and like stunt work that and guessing murdered like hundreds of insects kind of bummed me oh, out so, so i was wondering about that so definitely there are shots there are close-up villain shots of bees for sure yeah but there's also a lot of shots of like swarming bees where it doesn't look like it's actual swarms of bees are they just like scratching the film it's like, bees it's actual bees you yeah think? it's real bees i looked it up so the how cool- <laughs> the coolest thing about this movie and the thing that i kept writing down like the the stunts are kind of rad. Like, I don't know. The the bees, that effect holds up. Like, I think when they're in the sky, that is some kind of, I don't know how they did a special effect. It was probably something like you're mentioning where they're scratching the film. But when it's like bees on people or there's bees in a room, those were just swarms of bees that they kept in a refrigerated trailer. So they shot a lot of these things where like the set is contained within a refrigerated trailer and then the bees had individually been what? de-stingered. Like the stingers had been clipped. Yes. So wait, hired... wait, wait. That's a thing, I guess. Isn't so, that incredible? God, the fucking, the post-war economic expansion that America saw where you could just have a job <laughs> to grab individual bees and snip the, wow. I'm a bee clipper. I clip the bees. I don't know what I'm you want. I'm a bee moil. I'm a bee boy. I'm one of many B-boys, I would assume, because that would take quite the army. Yeah, they also had Jesus. to keep going through bees because a bee's life cycle is like uh, like six weeks or something. Mm. So like bees were dying off and they'd have to like get more for the movie. So like, I don't even know how many thousands of bees they got for this movie. But the effect is like kind of honestly scary. Like as a little kid, if I had watched this movie and I had had a 70s mentality where I had the patience for fucking everything, I guess. <laughs> then that would have been really scary because there's like a lot of fucking bees covering people like getting all over people's faces like Mm -hmm. all of that freaked me out a little bit even as like an adult in now times because hell no yeah i love bees and i will save a bee but i will i will not fuck with more than maybe two bees at a time yeah the swarming bee attack shots are genuinely unsettling Mm -hmm. like I, i i hated them it's it's not a fun fear Right? It's not a jump scare. It's skin crawling. It's body horror. It's bad. Any amount of insect, anytime it's a swarm or like a, I mean, it kind of goes for any insect, right? Like if I see a couple ants, I'm like, there you go, ants, anting along, you cheeky bastards. Mm -hmm. And if I see a lot of ants, even though I know they can't hurt me, like covering a tabletop, like there's this little thing that goes off in your brain that's like, uh, there's a primitive part of you that needs to get away from that. Yep. Yep. 
Yep. Too many things with too many legs. It's it's very bad. Uh, so there's a, we should talk about highlights. I have some, but there's uh, one like meta low light that I just want to get out of the way, which is they should have figured out a better way to describe the bees than t- call, just calling them Africans the, Africans the whole time. The, Africans. the number of times like we have to kill the Africans. Yeah. The Africans are coming. It's it's. I mean, the 70s were a different time, but they weren't that different a time. No. Somebody should have known better. And there's like this whole like briefing scene. It's like a military briefing scene where they address the fact that they're not African bees. And there's right. this guy who's like a... Um, Extreme 70s Ent- porn star? <laughs> yeah. And a, an entomologist porn star who's uh, arguing. He's like, well, they're from Brazil. And they're migrating from South America. They should technically be called like Brazilian bees or blah, blah, blah bees. And basically Michael Caine's character is like, fuck you and fuck that. They're Africans. (laughs) So weird. And then for the rest of the movie, they shorthand it. So there's stuff like, yeah, people saying the Africans are coming. The Africans are attacking us. And they at one point refer to it as the war against the Africans. It's so bad. But why though? So Bad. You could just call them bees. <laughs> Do you think that they understood what we understand, which is when you say bees that many times, it becomes real funny? <laughs> and like, they were just like, dude, we got to come up with some substitutes. We got to come up with something that sounds like a foreign enemy. What's more foreign than Africa? Right. Uh, Yikes. We're. Were bees funny before Will Arnett, or did Will Arnett make bees funny? <laughs> I think I think Will Arnett and Cards Against Humanity combined to create a, mm. a zeitgeist of bee humor. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, all right. Highlights. What, yeah. What did you What did you like about this movie? We don't need to talk about the plot except for the ending because the plot is bees. <laughs> yeah, but I guess you know, so bees. So there's we got a bee a lot invasion. Of side plots though. There's so many fucking subplots. I wrote them down, and I think mm-hmm. that I I don't think I even wrote them all down. First of all, there's a lot of movies within this movie. Two characters get introduced, Clarence and Maureen. Two older, uh, an older gentleman and an older woman in their upper 60s. Uh, and then another guy named Felix, and they're in a love triangle. And it has yes. nothing to do with the rest of the movie, pretty much. It's just three older people... Two two men trying to win over this older school teacher. So there's that one. Two older men who have the most extraordinary neckwear of any <laughs> yeah. men to ever walk the earth. So Fred McMurray, I think, plays Felix. He's a, like a, a foundational character actor from that time. And he wears these gigantic comical uh, uh, bow ties. Yes, that, colorful That look ties. like propellers. And then the fucking other dude, is it C- Carl Clarence? C- C- uh, Cataman? I we're gonna call him Colonel Clarence because Colonel he Clarence. is rocking a solid Colonel Sanders vibe. Right yeah, now he the, has the white suit and the black bow tie. Got the yeah. whole shebang. It's uh, the last one in the scene where he dies, where he's got. The, it's not even a Colonel Sanders tie. It's like this flowing scarf that comes out of his yeah. his neck. Is it like an uh, ascot? It's like an undone ascot. Yeah. It's like <laughs> he got, he started tying an ascot and got bored of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's these two men in their 60s, like, really, really charging hard at the hoop uh, for this <laughs> principle. Uh, yeah. F- also from the 60s. And and then, like, all of the subplots, they never resolve the love triangle. They just die in a train crash. No, they die in a train. 
Oh my god! Did you know that she is an award, uh, uh, Academy Award-winning actress? Olivia De Havilland. She just died like two days ago. Oh shit! I she didn't know a, that. She was a hundred years old. Oh my and god! And there's a great a clip that you, uh, I think people have probably seen of her uh, cursing during outtakes. There's like a great old movie clip of oh. actresses cursing during outtakes, and like eighty percent of them are Olivia De Havilland. That's amazing. That's yeah. so amazing. Yeah. yeah. She. She was not well utilized. They have so many people in this movie that are, like, a little before my time, so, like, the cachet is lost on me a bit. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, Henry Fonda is in it. Let's get that yeah. out of the way. That's um, a total weirdo. Such a weird dude. Oh, there's, like, a quote that my, So a lot of the actors that were in this movie got kind of raked over the coals, but no one so harshly as Michael Caine. And uh, he said... He said... Uh, he was like, I wasn't the only one in this movie. It wasn't just me. Henry Fonda was in it too, but I got the blame for it. <laughs> like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> also, like... Every, That's I such mean, an those, awesome thing to say about those, a thing that you've done with your life. And, like, someone asked him what his impetus was for being in it, and he was like, I was in this movie because my mother needed a house to live in. That's such a good reason. Such a good reason. I feel like I want to know what Henry Fonda has to say about it. I'm sure I could have grabbed some quotes about that, but those two guys must have had a good chuckle yeah. after this thing bombed pretty epically. It made, it was cost $21 million and it only made seven and a half back. Okay. That feels about right. Yeah. Uh, not, not the lossiest of the losses, but for that time, like that's pretty bad. Yeah, I don't that's know a what, fucking bath. Yeah, like... Late seventies, twenty-one million. I don't know what that equals out to in now times, but that's a hefty budget. Yeah. Uh, all right. So. Oh wait, I was naming the other subplots. I'm almost. Yeah, stopped. there are so many. There's so many subplots. We got to okay. keep going. Boys trying to murder bees. Yeah, the terrible boys <laughs> subplot in general. They want to murder the bees, but they set the bees loose, and now the bees are loose. Right. The it's there's so much in the terrible boys subplot that like all right, so it begins yeah, with yeah. with the the terrible boys parents being swarmed. Well, okay. So they start out going on a picnic. These are just like a regular family, young mom, young dad, young son, yeah. and they they're like going for a picnic. There's some bees swarming around. Uh, the mom like takes out a some kind of anti bee spray, which I guess people have in the seventies, and sprays and then, it all over everything. Sprays it all over all their food, <laughs> and then a nearby tree projectile vomits out bees <laughs> at them. Yeah, and that's exactly how it happens. And they're instantly covered in bees both of them covered head to toe in bees and i hated it and it was terrible and then the terrible boy ran to the car uh and he's able to drive away with a windshield wiper pushing the bees off of the windshield of the car i felt bad for those bees i was like those are real bees that had to have died right I, ass- I assume, I, I mean, don't know how hardy a bee is, but it's probably not great. We're living in 2020 where bees are kind of precious, so I'm, like, viewing mm-hmm. this through this whole lens of, like, oh, no, like, expendable bees? That's not a thing anymore. Guys, you got to save, you got to conserve. You got to save your bees. You don't know how many <laughs> bees you're going to have left. Yeah. And 
And then, so the, the B-boy, go, the terrible B-boy goes to the hospital, and he yes. hallucinates a giant, it's their first vision of the giant bee hallucination, yes. which returns over and over again. Yes. Uh, he's... He's, like, disgustingly sweaty the entire time. Part of the reason uh, he's terrible, I would argue, is his his gross boy body. His so, horrible boy body. <laughs> his horrible boy body is so sweaty, and he has kind of a an unpleasant look on his face that I, I understand because it's motivated by bees, but I hated <laughs> looking at it. <laughs> it's real bad. He also, so then he, like, escapes from the hospital yeah. and rides bikes after his parents have just died, uh-huh. rides, goes riding bikes with his friends to go and throw Molotov cocktails at a tree, yes. uh, which then prompts this mass murder of bees to come and mass murder his town yep. while he saves himself hiding in a trash can. Yeah. Uh, that was very then, well organized, by the way. It's true. They really had it planned out. They had it planned out. I don't know out. how they had the trash cans there because they rode bikes there. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. Three boys rode bikes to the scene of the bee crime that was about to happen, and there were three perfect trash cans waiting for them so that they Exactly could duck- boy-sized. Exactly boy-sized, so that then when they threw Molotov cocktails, which, is that a little boy thing? I don't know where a little boy would get accelerant. Different but... times. Yeah, I kind of thought, like, firecracker explosive. I don't know. I think a kid would have. But no, they, like, Molotov cocktail the bees, jump under these three little trash cans that are perfectly laid out, and then the bees just swarm a town and murder everybody. Yes. And then the little boy ends up back in the hospital, sort of inexplicably, and then oh, yeah. also suddenly dies. Yeah. Just kills him w- right off. They kill him right without, off. Without warning? Just... Just suddenly, suddenly the boy's dead. Yeah. Uh, so there are, do we want to go through all the subplots? Because there, there's a couple other insane, pointless subplots that Let's I really like. Let's go through them. I wrote down, and I want to ask you what you think you're, we should compare notes on all the subplots. Because I wrote down three things. Scientist versus bees. <laughs> scientist versus the military. Mm-hmm. And then the scientist love story that kind of exists as like an afterthought. Yeah, there's also scientist versus scientist because Michael Caine and the porn star hate each other. Oh, that's true. Two uh, entomologists at war with each other over yeah. bee knowledge. Right, and it turns out they're both wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. And well, there's also so there's there's the of uh, um, I think among the more inexplicable subplots of the doctor pregnant widow love subplot, which <laughs> yeah. the doctor played by like Oscar winning character actor Jose Ferrer. Mm-hmm. Uh, while this woman, oh, I have a hair in my mouth, <laughs> uh, who has who has just lost her husband, just lost her Air Force yep. something something husband, yep. uh, is in the doctor's office, uh, like getting her final checkup before having a baby, and the doctor is like also driving pretty hard at the hoop. Like, yeah. do you do you have somewhere to go? Can I walk you to your car? Uh, he's, he's, and like, he's coming at her pretty hard. He's putting real love vibes out there. Yeah. And then after the, after the birth happens, he tells her, you've got a beautiful six and a half pound, beautiful daughter with, uh, <laughs> the, she then says, I guess it's true what they say that a woman falls in love with their doctor at this time. And then he says, I yeah. hope you feel the same way tomorrow. And the day after that, and the day after that. <laughs> That is not a thing that anyone has said that I am aware of in the history of babies, in the history of doctors. 
all all very vexing. And then I think the dialogue think, in this movie, man. Yeah, written by I wrote down the name of the screenwriter because it's an incredible name and probably not a real person, Sterling Siliphant. <laughs> That's a product. It's a made up name, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, the the love smitten uh, sex doctor steals her away from the train crash. I think he like gives her a ride. Okay. Oh no, she's no 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 no. That's not that's not what happens. Uh, I don't actually know what happens with them. She is about to get on the train and then goes into labor and yes. then goes to the hospital. Yeah. But I assume the hospital is also swarmed by bees. Everything, everything is, has to be swarmed by bees. Everything yeah. dies by bees in this movie or bee-related incidents. Even like the military base, they get inside it. Yes. And then it explodes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you have any other subplots? I well, there's there is the uh, Michael Caine Air Force doctor love subplot. Uh, yeah, which is I mean you you sort of need it in a movie like this. Like I get why it's in there. You you need a main like main character yeah. love interest. I guess it's very tame for a love interest too. Like it's true. It's barely there, one. Yeah, there's there's a couple moments of it that I I like. One is when they are like randomly driving around in the Scooby Doo van looking for the the terrible boy. I don't know yeah. why Michael Caine, who's running this entire... He's tasked by the President of the United States, yep. and that used to mean something, with solving this bee disaster. <laughs> and he gets into his Scooby-Doo van and drives around with this doctor to find this random, terrible boy who has disappeared. <laughs> There's a second moment where an Air Force major who's been like tasked by a general to spy on Michael Caine really tries hard to talk the Air Force doctor out of having a relationship with Michael Caine for kind of no reason. Uh, and uh, she's very yeah. resistant to that. It's very spiteful. It's a spiteful move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and then they go out on a date, uh, this weird date night in this empty fucking town. Yeah, they just uh, kind of wander around through a, ta- a ghost town. Yeah, while she tells him about the life that she used to have in this ghost town that has been deserted by bees. And it's not a charismatic scene. It's kind of like a waste of a scene, but I guess they had to shove it in there. Waste of a scene, waste of a movie. I mean, it all makes sense. Uh, Like, okay, here's something. When the people... (laughs) uh, The the people at the beginning of the movie are having their picnic. It's like the, Mm the... small family with the terrible boy why do they look like they're having a picnic in like the 1920s <laughs> like she's wearing like a full like arm like length dress with that's down to her ankles and she has a bonnet on and the guy oh, is true. functionally a robot he's like i would like to eat now and then they sit down to eat oh no a bee mm-hmm. but like Everything about it, I'm like, hey, my, this isn't the right decade. And then there's this little, like, scrappy, terrible kid who is clearly existing in the 70s. I have yeah. to, I only bring this up because this movie was nominated for an Oscar. Come again? An Oscar. For best special effects? Costume design. <laughs> what? <laughs> No fucking way. No yes. fucking way. There's yes. no costumes in this movie. There's there military are, uniforms. There are military uniforms, and there are the weird-ass, like, old-timey costumes that this couple is wearing on their picnic to the countryside. And other than that, it is Michael Caine wearing the brownest of brown turtlenecks <laughs> to match his brownest of brown pants and blazer. And that is 
all of the costume decision, I could imagine them feeling the need to nominate. The, well, the star-crossed elderly love triangle. Uh, oh no, their clothes are points. pretty fierce. Like their clothes correct. slap. Yeah, they do. That's true. Yeah, the bow tie slap, and like they're kind of the only ones doing fashion. That's true. They're doing it hard <laughs> yeah. though. They they're do do it, it hard. hard, so they really took that one all the way to the finish line. Um, I'll tell you a thing I don't like about that love triangle. So they're the entire time the 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 town that they Maryville, I think that the bees come to first. Yeah, they make a big deal out of that. The bees are there because there's flowers everywhere. They have a floral festival. It yep. draws thousands of people to the small town. And then in the love triangle, they're like the dudes are delivering flowers back and forth. For like half of the movie, they're just yeah. flooding this li- this uh, school principal with flowers. They're flooding Olivia de Havilland with flowers, yeah. and like, well, something's gonna happen. The bees are gonna try- come try to get the flowers, and that Goes never nowhere. happens. Goes she just nowhere. watches the bees kill children in slow motion outside of her school. Oh my god, the sound she makes when she looks out the window and sees the kids dying. Do you remember that? No, no? I don't remember sound at all. Okay. Um, I even wrote down what time it happened, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it was at uh, one hour and 14 minutes in. Maureen does like a, an ungodly sound that's like the mix between a scream and a moan. And I don't understand the actor's decision there. And I don't understand why they kept it in because it's so upsetting. But I'm going to try <laughs> to find a way to put it into the podcast so we can all enjoy it. Yes, it's- please. Yes, please. <laughs> amazing Uh, i mean she's just she's a she's a marvelous thing oh that that scene did also include what i thought was a nice payoff so when fred mcmurray is delivering the flowers the first time yeah uh he's he's sitting out waiting for uh for olivia de Havilland to bring bring him in and there's Mm -hmm. this another terrible boy licking (laughs) this like enormous like car wheel sized lollipop Comically right in his face lollipop, like yeah. sees the strange man and walks up and just starts licking a lollipop right in his fucking face at him and then 20 minutes later that little boy is dead on the ground covered in bees with the bees eating his lollipop big time yeah that was a good payoff and that was a and it was like a good iconic shot i thought like also, like they they straight up kill kids in this movie. That was a <laughs> bold move. They they murder a lot of children a with lot bees. Of dead kids. There's a little dead kid with a lollipop. There's a ton of kids that it just die on the ground. Also, they establish at some point later in the movie that if you get stung, like I think four times, you you die. Mm-hmm. But early in the movie, you don't understand that. So when you see this family get attacked by bees, like. They don't get covered where you, like, can't see their face. They just look like they're getting attacked by a swarm of bees. And it happens in slow motion. And they immediately just fall to the ground. Yep. yep. <laughs> Every bee attack is in slow motion. That's a thing that I hate about this movie. Yeah. That, like, once the bees decide to swarm a person, you're going to watch that person die a terrible bee death for, like, 
45 seconds per person. Are you person. sure you didn't like it a little bit because you uh, get to watch someone do a really funny job with their physical acting? I guess I, I guess <laughs> I kind of like it now that you say it that way. There were a few moments that I liked. There's a guy that crashes through a window, but they watch him windmill his arms for so long. <laughs> that was and, like, good. The thing is, like, nothing about it is graphic. It's just that they chose to, like, pick this one random extra and, like, really, like, hone in on him. And let him do his thing for an ungodly amount of time. And that thing was really bad. It looked like a drunk guy slow motion falling over. And mm-hmm. it was it, it was a highlight. I would mm-hmm. count it in the highlight column. So, I, so are, we, are we in highlights? Because I do have one more subplot. That's maybe not even a subplot. It's, it oh, is yeah. I think it's my, a loose structure. Hit me with the subplot. On the big... It's, it's more of a, it's a big question I have, but it's, it's a recurring theme that I want your take on. What the fuck is up with the sunflower seeds? I don't know. I think... So... I want your thoughts. Yeah, so in the beginning, Michael Caine offers sunflower seeds to this general and says specifically they're high in potassium and low in sodium. And then the general's like, no, I don't want your fucking sunflower seeds. He also initially confiscates the sunflower seeds. And then he gives them back after Michael Caine insists on getting the sunflower he seeds back. He wants his purse of sunflower seeds back. Yes, his, yeah. his little coin purse of sunflower it's seeds. A Not a way you deliver purse. sunflower seeds. <laughs> it's uh, a weird way. It's like a, no one eats any food that way. And then Henry Fonda arrives on the scene. And uh, immediately Michael Caine offers him sunflower seeds and Henry Fonda takes them uh, very willingly right before Michael Caine carries him like a baby into his wheelchair. Yeah. Uh, And then at the very end, right before the general dies, he asks Michael Caine for the sunflower seeds and Michael Caine again says, high in potassium, low low in in sodium. sodium. And I was waiting for there to be a payoff of like potassium kills the bees or something. And it turns out (laughs) it's just product placement for sunflower seeds. I don't know. Big Sunflower had a hand in this movie. In addition to the U.S. Air Force, Big Sunflower had a big part in the swarm. (laughs) Yeah, this is the this is at the very top of the things I hated about this movie, which is at the very end, there's a, a big fucking placard. That says, and I'm just going to read it verbatim. Yeah, read it. We, speaking of the movie, gratefully acknowledge the cooperation of the Department of Defense and the U.S. Air Force for their assistance in making this motion picture. (laughs) So this absolute literal train wreck of a movie, the, the full force of the U.S. government was behind making this movie about the U.S. government losing to bees. Yeah, that's my favorite part, though. Because apparently they wanted to heavily feature their helicopters inexplicably going down because their pilots weren't skilled enough to navigate about four to five hundred bees in their general vicinity. <laughs> we also just lost the Vietnam War. Why do you want to do this to people? Amazing. I mean, I kind of count that as a highlight. It was pretty funny. They do kind of like glorify the army at the end and make it this whole like, let's explode the bees moment, which is kind of, it's just, it sounds funnier than it is on screen. But yeah. um, the the helicopter scene at the beginning is the shining star of this movie. <laughs> it's pretty good. Do you want to describe yeah, it's it's before anyone takes the bee crisis seriously. Like uh, the what is it? Like the lieutenant, the the guy who's really at odds with um, 
the character is like Dr. Crane. That's Michael Michael Caine's character is like Dr. Something Crane. And he yeah. and... There's the Major. I don't... Major, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so he and the Major are already kind of at odds. It's only a few minutes into the movie, and so far no one believes it's bees. But then uh, there's a helicopter that radios in... There's something coming towards us, and then, like, the dispatcher says, or I don't know what you call it in the military. It's not a dispatcher, but they say, like, there's something coming towards you. It's coming at seven miles an hour, not 700, seven miles an hour. So it's a slow, slow moving mm-hmm. enemy. Basically, a swarm of bees and a helicopter collide at a low speed, <laughs> and the two pilots immediately start freaking out, and the. Oh my god, bees, bees, millions of bees. Oh my god, bees, millions of bees. And then immediately the helicopter goes into a tailspin and crashes into the ground. Mm-hmm. Like within, I would say, about 15 seconds of bee attack. Yeah, and twice. Two helicopters do this. It's not yeah, it one happens. fucked up it pilot. happens later. They, the, uh, god, uh, yeah. it's so funny. It's pretty incredible. The The number of times... That I watched it twice. The reason I was like <laughs> needing a few extra minutes, I was like, Henry, I'm going to be a little late with the podcast because I had to watch that scene again. <laughs> Just to really, really rev your engines. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda... I mean, the number of different vehicular disasters caused by bees in this movie... Oh, they, my goodness. They also crash a fast-moving train. They crash a train and a van and a helicopter mm-hmm. and another helicopter... Just, lose... just by covering them in, just by covering them in them, just like by there's existing, yeah, they, by covering them in them. <laughs> there's not a lot of stinging that happens. It's just like they cover the train, and then the yeah. train and the helicopter just fucking go off the tracks or crash into the mountain. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're the conductor of a train, if you're operating a train, your job doesn't involve a hell of a lot of steering. So when your sight is obstructed, it doesn't seem like a huge barrier. And I mean, that holds true a bit for a helicopter as well. You're like operating off of like a radar thing and you should be able to like fly in the fog or in the dark, but also like bees. Bees really confound a lot of technology and transportation. Yeah. And I'm willing, to some degree, I'm willing to forgive the helicopter pilots. Sure. Granted, they have more training, but they don't know. They're not ready for the bees yet, right? And and helicopters yeah. are sort of inherently open to the elements. The fucking train <laughs> conductor, bees have just killed half of their town, and their windows are open. They're they're being swarmed by bees because they left the windows of their bee evacuation train open. The entire purpose was to escape the bees, and they invited them right in the front door. And then we never get to find out who Olivia de Havilland chooses as her old life spouse. Yeah, we, that what just are your that thoughts? just dies. That just dies mid year. I know it dies on the vine before I I personally think she was gonna go with uh, I don't remember which which ones which I wrote their names down though it just was uh, Fe- g- give me Felix and Clarence I give me the was, the neckwear I I feel like she was gonna go I feel like she was gonna go with the old Colonel personally. you thought she was gonna go for for for, for Colonel I was Clarence feeling the Colonel yeah. Uh, I think you're probably right. He had more like roguish mystique. He was clearly a smarter man. He's an engineering genius. Uh, he could take her away somewhere. Uh, he had yeah. more flex. He was a little more bravado. Much more BDE, you know? Yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, 
Yeah, it's probably right. It's probably right. I... All right. So, things things I liked about this movie. Uh, we've actually already covered quite a few of them, but uh, I really like Michael Caine's hair. He has this, like, helmet yeah. of, like, cherubic curls that They're never really... really moves on his face. It's just sort of plastered to his head. And... And yeah, I like that. In all, in almost like a, a Caesar kind of vibe, or like a totally like a Grecian quaff going on. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the other other big highlight. Uh, uh, tell me if you noticed this: the computers in the Air Force space. So there's a couple things about the Air Force computers that I really like. Uh, one is just, and this is sort of like a seventy movies seventies movie thing of like the inexplicable imagery of like. Just random light waves crossing back and forth, intersecting with each other. Fucking meaningless. Uh, <laughs> that and the military computer uh, talks in like trailing off sentences. It uses ellipses to convey its messages. Yeah, to be it like, does. Houston, 100,000, maybe going to die? Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Why would very you use ellipses? Coy. Very cool. It's very coy. <laughs> very uh, mysterious. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Negging me. Uh, I like the flamethrowers on the bees to that like heroic Back to the Future soundtrack music. Yeah. And them like burning cars and burning buildings. I also like that they do it next to a gigantic oil tanker or gas tanker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. and I was, I initially thought, well, maybe that's for their flamethrowers, but no, their flamethrowers are strapped to their back. They've just decided to shoot flame right next to a gas tanker. Yeah, when gas does and doesn't explode in this movie is totally arbitrary because there are other scenes when like a van just crashes into a surface and there's an explosion that will like rock a small nation. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe everything's filled with drums of gasoline, but... (laughs) I mean, everything's arbitrary in this movie. There's also four, two to four stings from the bees will kill somebody, and there's definitely people who are just running through clouds of bees. Fine. Just fine. Uh, There is a moment where, right, I don't know if it's before or after the the gas tanker explodes, that the dudes with the flamethrowers say, and the following, I can't get through to the general... Too much interference from these damn bees. <laughs> yeah. Is, it's it's so fun to hear. It's you perfect. love to hear it. I do. I do love it. I love every time they talk about bees. There are um, a few good quotes. I'm going to interrupt you because I just saw a good one that I wrote down, and I want to know your thoughts on this. I don't remember who says it. It must be the major. We've been fighting a losing battle with insects for 15 years. This is Michael Caine says this. I wrote oh, it down Michael also. Caine. Yep. <laughs> We've been fighting a losing battle with insects for 15 years, but I never thought I'd see the final face-off in my lifetime. Okay, some things to unpack. There, No, the second half of this phrase is way better. Oh, Un- I Unpack your soon. stuff. Unpack your stuff. But I'm going to get to the end of it, and it's, I think it's fucking delightful, but please. Please continue. Uh, and I didn't expect it to be the bees. They've always been our friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that there <laughs> must have been something in my mind where I was like, yeah, I get that. I don't need to write yeah. that down. <laughs> I mean, it's just just such a weird way to think about the world. Like, I don't think of insects as being friends or enemies. I guess bees are, they're not bees our friends. Are, bees are more our friends than many insects because pollination so directly affects like our ability to eat food, I guess. So that kind of makes sense to me. 
I guess. I just, something about his level, it's, like, it's, his... It's real simplified, and you know that's not what he meant. And it's also his sound of betrayal when he says it. Yeah. That, it was... Like, you've st- I treat you like a princess, and you stab me in the back, Bees. Yeah. You see, what you, this is what I get. This is what I get for trusting you. Mm-hmm. 15 years. Very specific. Um, so this movie came out in 1978. So apparently beginning in 1963, we really had an issue going on with uh, insects. Wait, what Just... year did JFK die? <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out what correlates. Uh and- Yep. Okay. All right. So JFK was assassinated in 1963, which means this movie is implying that bees killed JFK or some, probably not bees because bees were always our friends. Some other insect, a wasp, an ant killed JFK and it started a war that we've been losing against the insects from 1963 to 1978. That is 100% what this means. I think that uh, wasps were at Grassy Knoll. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's... It would explain all... the magic bullet, you know? They move crazy. So fast and almost invisible, especially considering that cameras did not have the shutter speed that they have today. So I think that we're we're treading into a, a seedy underbelly of the internet that's going to illuminate some things for us. Mm-hmm. Some secret mm-hmm. truths. Some real truths. Start my own QAnon for... 15 years. All right. It is. It's really specific. But just 15 years and all insects across the board. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Not bees and not a... (laughs) No, it's insects in general. It made me really happy because I felt like they had a lot of nods to entomologists in this movie, like almost like they were trying to maybe gain a little bit of like respect or just interest from someone in the scientific community or just like pique your interest that they were maybe had had some kind of knowledge in the scientific community because they throw around some jargon here and there and then they just say that and you're like i'm sorry in in entomology are there just are we enemies with the insects because <laughs> that's your job and that's what you said yep there, there is, I, I think there's a quote of general, you should know the enemy is always expected to do the unexpected, which is just garbage writing. And you're still talking about bugs, like bugs. throughout this movie. And they address it once in a while of like, you're talking about insects as though they have an attack plan. Well, I always do. But you're talking about, they're, they're bees. They're bees. They have reasons for doing things but the reasons aren't personal and i'm really good and no one seems to understand that um a highlight for me Mm -hmm. and a thing that i really wish they had brought back more than once because i only remember it once but there is one instance of bee vision Right at the beginning. That's a high, that was that was my literal first low light. It's nauseating. It's oh, absolutely I thought it was nauseating. really funny. I was like, this is like straight out of the fly, and I I had a, I had an inkling that it wasn't going to be returned to, and mm-hmm. I just was like, I feel like this is one of those things where they're like going for shock value in the first ten minutes, and then it's going to drop out of the movie, and there will be no more B vision. But it made me laugh a lot. It was like a kaleidoscope camera. Where where were you at on the bee hallucinations? Loved them. The bee hallucinations are good. 
And yeah. and there's a lot of like variety in them. There's the there's the giant bee that Michael Caine tells the terrible boy to pet. Yeah. There's Yeah, uh, his th- grasp on hallucinations, by the way, really off. Yeah. <laughs> he tells him what does he tell him? He says, It's not it's not in the room, it's not in the room. Reach your hand out and it will disappear, which if you've ever talked to anyone having a hallucination or just read about it or just seen it in a movie that doesn't necessarily do anything and then it it does disappear and he says good it will never come back again now yep also just just absolutely not how it works uh (laughs) and you you get two different uh air force nurse or air force doctor uh hallucinations you you get her whose name helena uh helena seeing the bee in michael kane's eye Oh, and yeah, then, that was cool. That was cool. And then the giant bee scratching at her hospital room door. She opens the door and it's outside the door. The giant bee scratching at her door. That was cool. It was cool. <laughs> For the 1970s, I thought they actually did a really good job with their special effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the special that effects were. That was highlight. They really like, kind of did a good job. That's where the money went. And I feel like for that time, like... There's swarms of bees, there's giant bees, there's actual, like, bees on people, and all of it has the net effect of being, like, pretty, pretty creepy. Yeah. I did, low light for me, uh, was the scientist just scraping handfuls of bees into their hands in the, when they're, like, <laughs> trying to extract the venom? It's, that was, I don't know why was, it rubbed me the wrong way so much, but it's like them, them handling just... Just fucking mounds of bees, like they're fucking, like putting. Like they're grabbing around on the ground for loose change. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like watching it. Anytime a bee was disrespected, I weirdly had like a visceral reaction to it. I didn't like it. I was yeah. Not, I was not feeling that because I, I was mean, like, those are actual. Bees. Those are and I felt like those were real and then i confirmed that they were real and it made me feel real weird yep uh let's talk about henry fonda for a minute yeah oh yeah he's in this movie he's in this movie quite a bit in a wheelchair in a wheelchair uh he does there is the delightful moment of michael kane carrying him like a baby yes uh he does he asks michael kane if he's still writing dirty books oh my god i forgot about this and then he says the filthiest thing i've ever read was your paper about the mating habits of queen bees. God. God. So, so weird and unsettling. Ugh. And like every other character in this movie ends up being completely pointless. Like he advances yeah. the plot absolutely none, <laughs> but has like 45 minutes of screen time, like all told, right? And the way that he dies. Yeah, real slow and horrible. Slow and horrible and absolutely pointless. Like, no need. There are people there that you could test the anti-venom on, and instead he just decides he's over it, injects himself with it, becomes covered in terrible boy flop sweat, has to <laughs> yeah. has to move one hand to use the other hand to pick up the antidote, which I don't know why he wouldn't just use the hand that can pick <laughs> up the other hand. <laughs> Meanwhile, narrating the changes happening in his body, and then just, well, hallucinates a giant bee, and then dies. Oh, yeah. And we've we've produced nothing. We've learned nothing from Henry Fonda. I think he was a vehicle only for Michael Caine to have an emotional reaction to a human that was positive. 
Because he, when oh, he yeah. dies, he picks up Henry Fonda's hand and he kisses it with his lips. <laughs> he does do that. It is he a sweet, does do it. And it's a, a weird moment. moment of tenderness from a guy that's mostly just been screaming at military <laughs> guys for the entire movie about bees and swarms of bees. Mm-hmm. And please accept the reason that the bees are attacking. Bees, bees, bees. Yeah. yeah. Henry Fonda's character doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. He kind of exists to die a horrible death, which is fair in the horror genre, but also, like, he doesn't, like, do anything in the interim. Right. All of the scientists, like, the the porn star scientist also has this theory to, like, drop poison pellets and then also gets... He goes to a nuclear power plant because... Somebody that he's been fighting with his entire life will be more likely to listen to him than the president of the United States. That, <laughs> yeah. that meant something. And yeah, nowadays that makes means nothing. Right. But, oh, <laughs> and then covered in bees and has a slow motion bee death. Okay, for a second we do need to talk about the fact that within a couple of minutes, uh, the people on this military base find at the beginning of the movie find. Michael Caine by himself in a, a military base that is virtually like apocalyptic. Like every person has been mysteriously killed and he's alive. And so they're obviously suspicious. They contact the president of the United States. The president implicitly gives Michael Caine's character all power to mm-hmm. oversee operations. And then the first thing that Michael Caine says, uh, you know a dude's ready to flex when the first thing he says is, what's the limit to my authority? <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. First thing out of his mouth, and it made me really happy. I was like, oh, this is going to get spicy. <laughs> Talking to, like, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who also has face made of leather. Like, yeah. real real old Mickey Rooney vibes. Like, is it, Yeah, I real, real shiny, re- very orange. The only Wayne orange Newton. man in the movie. It's like an angry Wayne Newton. But can, but Wayne Newton now. <laughs> yeah, that guy is a... He is a leather bag in uniform, big time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those two have a lot of fun face-offs. Like, you, you really never see my, anyone get Michael Caine's goat quite as much as the scientist-military standoffs in this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's just spent his entire life fighting the U.S. military to care about bees, I guess. I guess, I guess. That's what you do when you uh, pursue entomology as a scientist as yeah. your life's goal. Also, it just occurred to me. So the, the Air Force doctor, who's his love interest, at the very beginning, like, she's tending to the, like, the sting victims that have survived temporarily, and uh, and she says that she just read an article yeah. on this, like, bee cure uh, that happens to be written by Michael Caine. But, yeah. like, she's an Air Force doctor. What? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is she reading an article about bee anti-venom for? Is he up in Newsweek just, like, laying it down? Who is this guy? Yeah, it's, it's world-famous entomologist. She's deep into the niche science. Real weird. Uh Let's should we talk about the last act of this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh so Yeah. It's it is it is such Michael Bay last act. It's it's just outlandish. Like the Let me fl- describe the yes. whole ending of the movie in Please. three words. Yep. Stuff's gonna splow. <laughs> Correct. And that's it. It is, it's the, 
like when the flamethrower dudes come up the stairwell, get covered by bees, flame the stairwell, like flame the command center, and then just crash out the window and fall a hundred stories to their death. <laughs> when yeah. when Michael Caine, what Kane, was the plan? I know, I know. What were they doing? What was the plan? They had to have had a plan. <laughs> They went to the top floor of the command center. Flamethrower is still on. Definitely on. Fully engaged. I love Michael Caine opening the door to a giant storm of fire and bees getting out of that uh, that headquarters. Yes. Then the the general who's just had his first mouthful of sunflower seeds uh, (laughs) trying to, to fight off the bees and then also dies with the fucking entomologist who's you never know anything about uh and then the deus ex machina in like 45 seconds five minutes before the movie's over it was literally the last four and a half minutes of the movie of this two and a half hour long movie so the movie is two hours and 36 minutes long and if you want to skip to two hours and 32 minutes you can see how it ends and yes. you will know everything about everything that you need to know about how it ends. Apparently, they just uh, distracted the bees, called them away from the town with like a loud like sonar signal, and then exploded them. Yep. The end. The end. Who didn't think about exploding the bees? Right. The end. Although I think they they do tease a, a potential bee sequel, a bequel. There's, yeah, there's going to be a bequel in the eyes of this movie because it's a uh, we've won the war for now. Mm-hmm. kind of vibe in front of this giant all uh, fire and smoke i i do like the moment where michael kane explains the like bee mating frequency thing to the general and 15 seconds in the general's like yeah fine great you've convinced me and then michael kane and the other entomologists shake hands as though like they have just achieved something <laughs> very important by convincing the general to let them do this while there's a swarm of bees in fire outside <laughs> Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. We're done. It's a good caper. Sure got him. Um, so, I don't. I don't know what my lowlights are. But hi- highlights were definitely the. And I'm gonna. I promise I'll try to my best to put it back in. Maureen's scream is a highlight. Because <laughs> gosh, and I'm really using the word scream liberally. That was a. What would you? What's the word for when it's a moan? That gets very loud and projects. Banshee cry? Sure. It's like a it's like a that. It's like a ghost <laughs> it's like a ghost howl mm-hmm. coming from a lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was a highlight. Yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot about this. There's a couple of times, I think two times, where they do a close up on a bee. And it's like rubbing its little bee hands together <laughs> and looking very plan. sinister and smug. Like they gave the bees a personality for a second. And I was like, oh, shit. Are the bees going to be like evil little guys? And then they never expanded on that. Like, ah, come on. No, nah, they're, they're just sort of naturally evil. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of them, though. Extra evil. If, if you were going to play to be a character in this movie... Yeah. Recognizing you're probably going to die. A horrible mm-hmm. bee death. Yep. Who who would you be? Be. <laughs> outside of being... <laughs> outside of being the giant bee, which I think is 
definitely a front runner, but Giant Bee's a fair choice. Seems like it's a little bit of a cheat. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like knowing I was gonna die. Maureen seems to be kind of living a good life. Like mm-hmm. she's getting courted by these two very eccentric, very uh, unpleasant gentlemen, <laughs> and that's kind of a ride. Like I feel like she's having fun with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's playing around in the space and letting like two bowtied men just do what bowtied men do best, which is be angry at each other and gently flex on a train. Yeah. That's... That seems funny. I don't want to be the terrible boy because that boy is far too greasy. Never be the terrible boy. Never no. be the terrible boy. No, no, no. Uh, Who would you be? I really like the, uh, like, Colonel Clarence, whatever the fuck his name is, style. Like, he's got a, yes. he's got a nice aesthetic. Like, he does. I, don't, I don't want to die in the fiery train death. I don't really want to marry Maureen. Uh, she seems married to her work. But, uh, which is great. <laughs> I respect it. But, uh, That's true. You know, I, I think I think you kind of got to be the 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 cowboy engineer. He's the he's the person living his truth the most of I think anybody in this movie. He's a straight shooter, and he goes for what he wants. Yeah, I agree. And he's the terrible. The only other character that really does the same thing is a bee. Is and <laughs> <laughs> also a strong argument for being a bee. I mean, the bee, the bees are the hero of the movie for sure. It's a tragic movie in that way. Is Michael Caine's brown turtleneck a character? Yeah, I would, I would cool. say so. I mean, could be could be worse roles to play. <laughs> to play the turtleneck that Just hugs hurt, young Michael Caine's. That, yeah. Holding up that neck and that head of cherubic <laughs> hair. Being a brown turtleneck out in the world. Just want to hold truth. up that neck. Oh goodness. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking through my notes and the thing about this movie is that it wore me out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh I had fun for I would say the first hour. Yeah. And then I was maintaining, but it was it was not the worst movie we've watched. It was just the longest movie we've watched, but by no means the worst movie. I was kind of viewing it as like a is this like a sort of okay 70s horror movie or were they all like this no they could they weren't all like they this. couldn't have all been like this i've seen i've seen other ones that weren't like this this one's just kind of bad but it's not shockingly bad it's oh. just it is a b movie and that pun is it's not intended or not intended it's just there on the table i i examine so i think this was unique in the 70s i i believe that uh i read that uh, critics were forcibly removed from the theater during screenings because they were laughing so hard. No uh, way. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. It's pretty good. I, yeah, this, this movie had more genuine laugh out loud moments for me than any movie that we've watched so far. Basically, any time there was like the bee vomit. Uh, yeah. Like anytime yeah. you get a swarm of bees coming out of nowhere with like genuine Monty Python and the meaning of life projectile vomit of bees onto a person. It's just really fucking funny. It's satisfying, right? It's really satisfying. Yeah. Just like a log in the middle of a field regurgitating bees. Just spewing bees. Spewing bees. Which would have been a better name for this movie or at least (laughs) the tagline. 
Um, I love the stunts. I love the on fire guys, like falling from second story windows. And I mm-hmm. love the explosions, kind of. I love the bees. I like the action. I yeah. was here for the action. I was not here for the real time transportation and lengthy <laughs> conversations surrounding the complex entomology of bees and their global existence. Yeah, if you cut an hour of subplots and dialogue out of this movie, you've got a real fucking banger. You have a 49-minute long movie, and that <laughs> is worth your time and money. Yeah. Right, you've, you've got an after-school special on your hands. Yeah. Uh, not the worst thing, but dude, it was definitely a, it was a bit of a marathon. Yep, I'm sorry I did this to us. I mean, I'm kind of not sorry, though. If it had to be anyone that did this to us, couldn't it? At least it was Michael Caine. At least it was sweet, sweet Very Michael forgiving. Mm-hmm. A pleasure to watch on screen. No part of it made me feel yucky. Yeah, no, this, this is worlds better than Highway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't feel that embarrassed for Michael Caine either, because like, I know the ending, and it all works out well for him. So it's really just kind of a funny little blip on his radar. Yep. Huh, well, this this movie was exhausting. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks for we'll a be, new... We'll be back, and it will be possibly a different actor, or possibly or more Michael Caine. More we'll Michael Caine. Could we'll become a Michael Caine cast. wild hair <laughs> we grow. All right. Well, I guess until next time, I'll be Henry. I will continue to be Michelle. We experiment. And fast forward into the future of acting. And all your friends will say, hey, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs>